Welcome everybody to another episode of the Advisor Arena podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Malm, and my goal each episode is to bring you fresh ideas, a new perspective, innovative practices from some of the most successful financial advisors in our industry. So thanks for joining us today. Let's get started. Okay, welcome everybody to the inaugural episode of the Advisor Arena podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Malm, and today we have with us Brad Malm, who is the HR director for Gradient Financial Group, incidentally, my husband. So welcome, Brad. Glad to have you today. Thanks. It is good to be here. There's a high probability that our mothers may be the only one listening to this since it is the inaugural episode. So the incentive to stay on might just be to see how painful we are here on this first one. This is the first time I've hosted a podcast and I think the first time you've been a guest of a podcast. Yes. Uh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> well, I am going to have an actual incentive for those of you listening at the end. The reason I asked Brad to join us, um, one, obviously I need a guinea pig here. So if I am terrible, I am not to making anybody else suffer through that. But two, Brad, you and I have uh, been married for what, almost 20 years. We've known each other since preschool and we work together every day so i know i get a lot asked a lot how we deal with that but really we do totally different things so we really aren't interacting that much Uh, but brad you know but you do remember you remember back in the day when we did work in the same department (laughs) sat right across from one another and then did nothing but talk about work 24 7 it was it was tough Yeah, I was going to say, you're actually the reason I got into this side of the business. So for those of you on the call that know Chuck, you might have heard of him in the past refer to our, you know, our previous IMOs, our practice company. So gosh, it's been 16 years ago, I guess, Brad, you were at the practice company, you're finishing your MBA and you were working on the sales side, consulting advisors. How much did you love it when I started a few years later and I sat right across from you and just fired questions at you all day. It was awesome. You uh, (laughs) would mute, stand up and uh, ask whatever you had, uh, whatever question you had at the time you would ask and and demand an answer right then and there. And uh, it was also awesome because you definitely found your niche in this business and uh, in no time became a, a, a superstar. So uh, it was, it was fun to watch you grow. I do think I possibly made you role play with me all the way home uh, on recruiting calls and sales calls and learning products. So you were definitely a lot more patient than I am. I should remember that, how kind you were. It is true. You should. <laughs> But you actually stepped away from our industry for quite a while. You spent about 10 years working with doctors and in the healthcare industry. I don't know that we've ever discussed this or if I've ever asked you this, but do you see some similarities with some of the same issues with running a financial planning business that you see with our, you know, our agents dealing with, as you saw with doctors and hospitals and healthcare? Uh, for sure. Um, so yeah, when I left the sales side, um, for those that don't know, I left the sales side, uh, because I had a passion. I was, I was just drawn to the management leadership, leadership side of things with, with HR, um, got, uh, into, to, uh, human resources working as a director at a small facility. And then through working with that small facility, we, uh, 
uh, merged with a much larger system, and, and then opportunities came up within that system. So one of my last roles in the, in the health system was uh, um, managing our, our family practices, so working with doctors. And, and I think uh, a doctor and, a, and an insurance agent uh, or financial service professional advisor type, um, their, their practices really do mirror each other in a lot of ways. Um, they make money when they're seeing patients. Obviously, the ultimate goal is, is the betterment of the patient and the client. Um, both have service um, employees that work for them to help them be successful. So, yeah, a lot of similarities between the two, uh, two industries, positions. I know we talk a lot on the marketing side, you know, when we're talking to financial service professionals, we talk about running your practice like a doctor's office or a dentist would and really having some of that structure in place. And that's really what I want to get into today, because that's your area of expertise is how you get some of that structure in place and really start running a business like it's a business. So I guess it was about five years ago um, you were asked to come back to Gradient, come back to this industry, and you joined as the director of HR. Do you by chance remember what our kids said when we told them you were coming back to Gradient? No. So I don't remember which one asked. I think it was Ashton, who is our youngest. Um, and he said, you know, well, what do you do and, and what are you going to be doing there? And Emma, our oldest, said he hires and fires people. <laughs> Does this ring a bell? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I started to remember. But, but... Oh, my gosh, Dad, could you fire mom? Could you? Oh, do it. That would be so awesome. Please fire mom. So... Thankfully, I've managed to keep my job so far, so thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> so most of our top advisors are coming to you for a variety of support. It's definitely different than what we do on the marketing side, and that's what I wanna dive into here a little bit. So I think most advisors listening on the call can probably relate to you know starting out in the business, they're just writing some policies here and there, maybe got started with life insurance, and over the years they've expanded it, maybe they're now doing assets under management, they're also doing the insurance side, and they've grown into running a business, maybe managing people, uh, but you know most didn't really think about the structure that was going into place or really how to how to run a business along the way would you say that's fair for sure yeah definitely fair what do you see so i know you travel out you go to a lot of advisors offices because they're mm -hmm. asking you to come and say hey i need some help you know getting some structure in place right. what do they typically um, want most when you get there it's, uh, so when we're talking about um going out to an advisor's office there's obviously uh, the advisors are, are at different points in their career, so so there could be different reasons. <clears throat> um, one thing you you talked about those structure and foundation. So um, for for that person who's just starting out, or or that that uh, person who's been a one man one woman shop for so long, and they're wanting to start to grow their business, um, structure, foundation, protection. Those are the key principles we want to look at uh, initially. And and uh, our, our founder, Tammy Lucius, and, and Chief Administrative Officer Nikki Foley have done a phenomenal job of, of really setting the groundwork for, for me uh, and for the advisors that we work with to help set up a structure that is really going to test, you know, stand the test of time 
um, for protection and, and growth and all those things that you're wanting to, to do with your business. Again, the two big reasons somebody's going to contact me is one, I want to make more money and I know I need, I'm, I'm, I'm at capacity, so I'm doing everything I can do. So I, I feel like I need to hire people or two is I've got a very successful business and I want more time, more time with my family, more time to do other things. So again, usually that's going to be a cause for uh, more people or we need to look at all the gradient services and make sure they're utilizing those to their, to their fullest uh, extent. Um, so those are, are the primary reasons that I'm helping people are going to be, again, they want more money, they want, or, or they want more free time. Yeah, I, I think when we talk about what's your goal, you know, when we're setting goals with agents, it's not always more business, more money, more revenue. Sometimes it's I want more time with my family. I don't want to work 80 hours a week. Um, and typically the way we get there is you've got to duplicate yourself, right? You get to a point where I've now got to hire another advisor or I need an assistant in place. Do you have anything that you see happen uh, repeatedly, maybe a mistake that people are making when they get to that point, how to avoid it, or if there are some common mistakes? Uh, yeah, I think uh, a common mistake, misconception is I'm going to hire somebody and things are just going to be better. Um, I, I refer a, a lot to, to what Chuck and Tammy have done uh, through the growth of Gradient. Again, Gradient started as a, as a company of, of 12 people, and now we're, we're uh, you know, creeping up to 350 employees. Um, so so the, the, the common mistake I think we see is we think we're just going to hire somebody and it's going to be better. But if we, if we hire somebody and we don't properly onboard them, we don't give them the attention to help them grow, we don't help manage them, then, then it's, it's going to be difficult to see, um, I, th I think, an advisor get to that point with where they want to be. So the, the big thing there, key to success, I think, is, is make sure that you're investing in, in your people, you're listening to them, you're helping them, giving them the tools that they need to be successful with. Because when they're successful, then you're going to be successful. Okay, so if I'm an advisor listening to that, I may be thinking, I just don't have the time to do that. You know, how am I going to step away from all the things that are taking my attention and go manage people and onboard and train? Any advice for those that are thinking, no way do I have time to do that. There's never a good time for me to step away to focus on that. Right. Regardless of, of I think, industry and, and position, we're always busy doing our job. We're busy doing what we need to do. Um, <clears throat> but I think it is one of those things, if it's important to you, you're going to make time to figure out the right answer. You're going to figure out the solution. For me, a big thing that I've also um, I've also learned over my years here, uh, you know, being back over the last four or four and a half years here at Gradient, um, our advisors don't realize that everything that we have for them. Um, so much of, uh, of the resources that they need to help, whether it be train or or mentor things of that nature, we have. Um, so it's really just getting to know the, the different areas and resources that we have here at Gradient to help properly onboard, to help make sure that, that your new office manager has the right contacts within our new business departments, um, regardless of, of, uh, of company, whether it's, you know, GI, uh, GIB, GAB, GLB, you know, regardless of the company, make sure they know who the contacts they need. Um, that's a big thing, too. Okay. 
So I was recently at an event and this was an event that was hosted by advisors. So it's run by advisors. It's just a peer sharing of best ideas. And the topic of conversation at my table evolved into how each of the producers pays their assistants, mostly the bonus structure or the incentive structure they have in place to incent their support staff. Any advice or maybe options that you see work well as far as setting up a system that incents the team and makes everybody happy? I, uh, there's options, right? Um, every, and, and we are, we're, we're small business owners, um, and you're going to see all sorts of different options and opportunities that people take as far as how they're going to compensate to motivate their people. I'm a big believer personally that when we're looking for our administrative staff, that they're compensated like administrative staff, um, our sales staff compensated like like salespeople, um, whether again, whether I'm talking about a nurse or I'm talking about an office manager, oftentimes they'll see what the doctor or the advisor makes and, and, and at times they can get confused on why their salary isn't, uh, um, equal or, or, um, more in line with what they make. So I think salary can be, it's obviously a very, uh, touchy item, um, we want to make sure that we're, we're compensating people competitively. But again, I want to make sure that my, my admin staff, they're, I, I think, having a base salary tied with some sort of variable compensation. Because again, they are, everybody who comes in contact with our clients is, is, uh, you know, plays, a, plays a role and can have an impact on, on uh, somebody doing business with. So um, I think it's important to really look at your structure, your goals, what you want, but keeping in mind that admin is admin. So more towards a base salary with some sort of variable comp. Um, and then our sales folks, we want them, uh, uh, you know, focused on the variable comp as best we can. And I think, you know, for the advisors that I've worked with, that gives you an opportunity to really find out where somebody's interests lie, right? Because although I may say I want variable compensation, the idea of dealing with clients or having any kind of role with sales may completely terrify me. So if that's not what I'm inclined to, you know, to do or use my talents with, then I may be better suited for admin. Uh, but the role of the advisor would be clear on the different ways of compensation for each role. Yes. Yes, totally. Again, that office manager uh, or even a junior advisor, they may be phenomenal when you get them in front of a client, but they're not the ones that are spending the money on the prospecting. They're not the one, you know, all the time going through um, obtaining those prospects and having some of those difficult conversations. Again, uh, once once a client's in the office and on board and feels comfortable with the organization, it's, it's not always the most difficult thing to close them or make them feel good. Um, but a lot of the uh, the dirty work that the advisor has to do early on is, is, is a big reason why, um, you know, they, they're compensated the way they are. Sure. Okay, so I'm going to switch topics on you here. And we joke about this sometimes, um, especially when you and I are arguing that I think it's impossible you could in any way be an expert with conflict resolution. But the fact remains that you are very skilled at this in the workplace. Just not, a, just not at home, right? <laughs> in the workplace. In the workplace, yeah. Correct. Right. So I do think this is something that comes up 
more often than maybe advisors want to admit or talk about, you know, where either they are unhappy in some way with the results that they're getting from their team or how people are following directions. I think for most of us, it's just conflict is something we don't really want to deal with. Or maybe we think I don't have the time to deal with this and it takes away from what we need to be focusing on. So what advice do you have? What do you see the most successful advisors doing? Are they handling it themselves? Are they delegating it? What should they do if that's an issue in their office? In my opinion, and with the situations I have seen, our most successful advisors are successful when they're in front of clients and they're building relationships and offering solutions and helping clients meet their needs. Um, Dealing with a dress code concern or an attendance issue um, is definitely not been something that advisors on the, in the majority um, ha- have wanted to deal with, have been real good at dealing with. So I guess my key for them to be successful for, for the advisors that I've seen are very successful. They have someone in the office that they can say, okay, this person comes to me when there's issues amongst staff and I deal with this person. Again, not that they're not approachable by others, but has that office manager type that handles most of the day-to-day issues because again when we're dealing with people we're dealing with with uh, the most unpredictable creatures on the planet at times so <clears throat> being able to delegate that to someone else having someone that you can trust um, that can manage your, your your people the way you would want them is a, a big key factor in someone being uh, able to be as successful as as they can be in my opinion okay good tip so Let's assume, though, that they're really small. Let's say it's just an advisor and maybe one assistant, and maybe that one assistant is tasked with, I don't know, helping with illustrations or they're trying to support new business and it's a performance issue. So it's just the advisor and the agent. Can you share anything, any tips, tricks, things that you've seen you know, happen over the years that went well versus maybe how this goes sideways in a hurry? Um. The, the best thing you can do is be honest. Uh, when something's bothering you, you've got to let them know it's, uh, you know, you, you, you have to let your, your uh, employee know. So if you, you're given that situation where, again, it's very intimate, right? It's two people, small office, and, and um, someone's doing something that's bothering you, you, you just need to make sure you're able to put it, put it out there and let them know. Have an, have an honest conversation. Let them know, you know. Jamie, this is uncomfortable for me, but but I do have to bring it up for the betterment for you with the company and so we can continue to grow. Um, I've got got to let you know this has become an issue. Um, Let them know, obviously, they're doing great in their other areas, but but you you want to address areas because when we don't, when we continue to, you know, pack things away and and we don't address them, um, uh, it's just going to lead to a bigger issue down the road. Right, which I think having somebody then that you can – you know, bounce some ideas off of, or maybe, you know, role play that conflict a little bit. Um, You work out some of the kinks to make sure that you can be honest, but it doesn't come across in a way that you don't want it to. And and, and then we do a lot of that. Um, um, Our team here, we do a lot of that. I do a lot of that, just the role playing. And we've had those instances where Know, if an advisor just uh, is struggling, you know, we have an uh, and they just don't want to deal with that kind of stuff. Um, we do have a service available where we can act more on a consulting basis and 
and act as your HR department. And if, if need be, we can have those uh, conversations. Obviously, there's a lot more in-depth things that need to occur for that to happen. But, but uh, yeah, we can kind of run the gamut there from role-playing and, and providing advice to actually helping uh, have those conversations. Okay, so last question to wrap up here, and I certainly appreciate your time. I'm going to let you get back to being the expert conflict resolver that you are. But if, when we talked about this a little bit in the beginning, if an advisor is starting to feel like they are maxed out, like I've just, I've got no more time or energy, I cannot do any more myself, what do you feel the first step is that they should take in order to start looking for some additional support? Um, first step, I'm looking at all my gradient resources before I um, do anything else. I'm making sure that I'm taking a full advantage of every service available to me through gradient because there's so many different things um, that, that uh, gradient can do for you to help um, help the burden of your workload. Next, I'm assessing my goals. Where do I want to go? What do I want to do? Um, and what is it? What is my, my, my goal? What do I want? So if, if I want to grow and I'm going to continue to grow, then I may need to look at um, bringing somebody on. Um, once I've done that, I make sure I start to have things in place um, structurally. So do I have my handbook? Do I have my employment agreements, my confidentiality agreements? Again, as, as a one-man, woman shop, you've spent all this time developing this business. The last thing you want to do is put it at risk when you bring someone in. So I want to make sure I've got my safety measures uh, covered. Um, next, I'm going to look at where's my need and what is my need. <clears throat> um, through that, I'm going to start to build uh, a job description for this person because without that structure, without that job description, I can make a hire they can come in and I can say, oh, do this today, do this tomorrow. But if I don't give them something um, that they can use, that they, that's tangible, that they can look at for expectations, it's hard for me to set expectations of what I want, and it's hard for them to know, you know what's going to be expected of them so they can be successful. So um, I think the creation of a job description uh, would be next. Obviously, then we'll look at uh, ads and recruiting and, and uh, bringing somebody on board. So let me ask a quick question about that. When you say create a job description, you're not talking about an advisor just kind of hunkering down and knowing how to knock that out in all the right format. You're just saying get clear on what you need help with, right? And then we can help put together what that really looks For like sure. and how that's all packaged. Yep. Again, you're 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 a, a small office, and we're we're going to to uh, again what we want you to do is give us an idea of what you want this person to do, and. Again, whether it's a small hospital or a small advisor's office, you're going to wear different hats, right? If we if we are looking for somebody to be an admin assistant or an office manager type, so we put the ad out and we start recruiting, and all of a sudden we hire this, we we get a candidate who's got great experience as an office manager, but then come to find out they've also got a little bit of experience working in the insurance world and and even have a Series 65, and they could even act as a junior advisor. I mean, there's just you never know what you're going going to find, and and uh, again with with um, the the job description, the, the, then the process will tweak things with with the people that we have. 
Okay, that's perfect. So Brad, thank you for joining everybody. Thank you for joining us for this inaugural episode of the Advisor Arena. If you would do me a favor, please go hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcast. Take a moment, give me a rating and an honest review. For everybody that takes you know, a few seconds to subscribe, rate, and review, we have probably the richest offer. Um, so I mentioned in the beginning, we were gonna have a cool incentive. If this topic is of interest, we do a training event about once a quarter called our Operations University, where Brad and our entire HR team provide the complete business structure, all the agreements, everything you need to run your business and protect your practice. If that is something that you are interested in and you think you may want to attend, for everybody that subscribes, rates, and reviews, I will cover half of the training cost if you qualify to attend. So that's what, Brad, about a $600 value just for a subscribe rate and review? That's pretty generous. Yeah, I probably can't keep the giveaways this large, but this will be the reward for everybody that uh, made it through this, this first podcast. We appreciate you. We are glad you were here. And thanks, Brad, for your time. Happy to be here. Thank you.